Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to episode 27 of From the Den, where we had a good week of football from the Dolphins beating the 49ers, beating hey, no, no spoilers for now, no spoilers. But I got a lot to say about all this stuff. Dak Prescott's terrible injuries. Oh, that was atrocious. I mean, to, yeah, we've to just everything to the Titans completely dead. To hey, hey, no spoilers, okay? There are some stuff that I want to talk about because I've had. You know, I've had, we've had a lot of time to think about this. In the game. I'm just saying the, the score. No, I know. I just, you know, I got some fun lines I want to say. I have some stuff prepared. Just I'll leave them to I'm ready to rub it in. First of all, my picks are on fire like normal. This should be a norm by now. Someone told me, a friend of mine said I should get into betting because uh, my picks were so good. My picks, I went 11 and three this week. Pretty awesome. I didn't do that hot. What? I didn't do that hot. I know you didn't. What did you, how, what did you go on? I have no clue, but it was for sure not good. You got it, Orin. You got to find out, honestly. You got to yeah, do that. You can do it while I'm rambling at one point. I, I give you permission. It's fine. Um, so anyway, we'll go right in. Oh, and also, we're talking about this. We love to talk about the NFL. Uh, we also love to talk about the Chicago Bears, of course. That's why we made this podcast. Well, I got so, I, I won nine. I won nine, so I lost five. Yeah, nine and five versus <laughs> 11 and three. So I had two more wins than you this week. And I, I have to keep track of my total record, too. I yeah. think I've only gotten... I don't, actually, I'd have to look back, but I, we got to get better at this starting next week, we'll I swear. Okay, so anyway, like I said, we also want to go more in-depth about the Bears this week. Hopefully, we can have some good conversations about that because there's a lot that you can talk about. Uh, I'll start off. Just just giving a bold, uh, just saying something. Mm-hmm. The Bears really, the Bears proved this week all of, their, all of their negatives wrong and that they only beating bad teams. This week, they proved the opposite, and we'll get more into that later in the podcast. Yeah, we got a little sneak peek from one. Just a little sneak peek. Yeah, okay, starting with Texans-Jaguars, Bill O'Brien is gone, and if I'm being honest, I haven't, uh, I did not see any game clips from Texans-Jaguars, so I don't really know if, like, how did, did you see anything from Texans-Jaguars? I mean, I saw a bit. I mean, it was the, what's it called? It was the Texans. It was kind of what you expected. The Jaguars yeah. aren't a great team, and neither are the Texans, but the Texans are just better. Neither of them well, are. I yeah, I know. I didn't know if it was like a sloppy win or anything because they, they just fired Bill O'Brien, which, of course, I'm sure made a bunch of Texans fans very happy. But I didn't know if, you know, they, they came out inspiring hope or they were, it was just a sloppy win against the worst team. Yeah. But I anyway, was, I don't know what to say about that. But basically, uh, Texans win 30-14, so it must have been a pretty good win. All right, on to ravens Bengals, And wow, was this a dominating game. Well, 20, I got something to say about that, but you can start. 27-3, but it was more like 27-0 a game, uh, last, second, last second field goal. And the Ravens, well, the Ravens' offense did what it was expected to do. Their defense was out of its mind. I mean, to be honest, I think it's maybe even the opposite. When we were, and I was looking back at my picks from this week, I was so proud of what I said. Some of the things I said, I was like, wow, Benjamin, that was pretty on point. And I think that this game was very on point. I said, I think something like this, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but I, last week, I said, I think that this Ravens defense is going to eat up Joe Burrow, the bad offensive line, uh, this inexperienced rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow. And that's exactly what happened. This was more defensive dominance than it was offensive dominance, uh, which is shown by that the Bengals only put up three points. I'm uh, again, I had, did not see much of the clips from Ravens Bengals, but judging <laughs> on fantasy points, uh, considering how dominant it was for the Ravens in general, Lamar Jackson didn't have an outstanding day. Of course, a win's a win, and you're not going to be sad as a Ravens fan against this, but they're coming off a tough loss to the Chiefs. You'd like to see uh, Lamar Jackson really get going since it was pretty clear that the defense was going to eat, or at least to me, it was going to eat the Bengals alive. Yeah, I agree. I thought that really they, they just showed they're, they're a really complete football team. And I think that even though there were doubts about Lamar Jackson and how well he's going to do, I think that at this point, I'm not saying that to win the Super Bowl or to make it to the Super Bowl or go far into the playoffs, they can only have a defense. But at this point, I don't think that there's a – 
I think that even if Lamar Jackson really starts playing poorly, they'll be able to be led by this defense, which is really a testament to how well this team is built. Yeah, it's certainly a well-built team. I'll say that. And I'm not trying to diss Lamar Jackson or anything. That's just what happened this week. I think even in a scenario that everything poor happens to Lamar Jackson, still succeeding, but all right. Yeah, um, you can take the lead here. All right, so on to the Panthers-Falcons. Panthers beat the Falcons 23-16. Falcons are 0-5. I had the Falcons winning this game, and you know what? The Panthers are a better team than I thought, and we'll talk about it more because the Bears are going to play the Panthers, but the Panthers are a pretty solid team. They're not elite, and I don't think they're a playoff team, but they remind me of the Raiders. Yeah, I've got a few. Well, they don't remind me of the Raiders because I got something I'd like to say about the Raiders coming up here, but... um... If I'm being honest, when I was thinking about my pick, I picked the Panthers over the Falcons. When I was thinking about it, I was heavily doubting myself, thinking the Falcons are a more talented team here. But like you said, uh, credit uh, where credit's due to Matt Rule. Um, Great coach. Panthers team after, and I think that there's this assumption around the NFL, and I've brought this up like every week now, but I, I like to stress it. There's this assumption around the NFL that Christian McCaffrey was the Panthers' entire offense, but the Panthers have won every game or at least won a lot of games when after Christian McCaffrey has gotten injured. Um, I think that's a testament to that running backs aren't valuable. And we'll get into that with the Jets because uh, there's big news with Le'Veon Bell. But the Panthers were able to find success even with Mike Davis as their running back. Uh, of course, the Falcons are a very beatable team, but I think the Panthers are being slept on. Um, they're one of the most underrated teams in the NFL right now. I agree. I think that they're really a quality team. And if you look at it, people say their defense is so bad. They have a bad run defense, but what they do is they play a defense where they, where they don't put that many, their defense is where they have kind of their cornerbacks and safeties. They kind of have them play in the backside of the field where it prevents deep plays, mm-hmm. it kind of prevents like a solid amount of deep plays, which makes a run defense not as good, but their pass defense is pretty good. Like P it's very underrated and they, You'll find this interesting. Yeah, because I think the the thought is that most teams in this age are going to want to beat you with the pass rather than the run. Most teams now, are I don't, first. I don't, yeah, I don't think that this is a bad thing about Christian McCaffrey. Richard Sherman said this. He was talking, I think, on like the Dan Patrick show or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said the Panthers with Mike Davis are a different team than with Christian McCaffrey because when you played the Christian McCaffrey Panthers, you knew you what was exactly going to happen. You remember a pass. And now with Mike Davis, you don't know what's going to happen. And even though Christian McCaffrey might do a bit better than what Mike Davis is doing, having Mike Davis in just makes their offense so much more diverse. Yeah, and it's like that's kind of paradoxical when you think about it because it's like yeah. you have a player so good that he becomes your entire offense, but then in, in turn makes your offense worse because they become predictable with that player. Like maybe Dalvin Cook. We'll see what <laughs> happened with the Vikings, but Dalvin Cook was their – I mean, I guess Adam Thielen did provide work. I think the Vikings are a bit different because the Mm -hmm. Vikings are a team that they, Dalvin Cook is their whole team. But I also think that if you put in another running back, that other running back would be their whole team. I think it's more scheme rather than. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I definitely agree. Uh, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore have really opened up and it'll be interesting to see if the Panthers can keep up this success rate. And, and to see when Christian McCaffrey comes back, if it'll be a contributor or they'll go back to their old ways. And what I think is interesting is that I think that Christian McCaffrey, Richard Sherman says when Christian McCaffrey's in, that shows bad coaching. That shows that they're being way too predictable. And even though McCaffrey's so great, no matter how amazing your running back is, if you're using him so often that teams know that you're going to just throw the ball. Well, I also, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think the remarkable thing about McCaffrey is that he wasn't predictable because he was such a threat in the receiving game as well. But I do agree that I'm not sure how, but to some extent, this team basically bottom line is this team is good without McCaffrey. So what does that say about McCaffrey? And I'm not, and I'm not totally sure, but we can move on here if you're all yeah. right with that. All right. On to Raiders chiefs and you can make the argument upset of the week. Oh, I'm not, in- not, there's no argue. Oh no, 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 no. There's still no argument here. There's still no argument here. Raiders is the upset of the week. Easily. All right. I'm fine. Did you pick them? No, to be honest, I was very, like I said in the last episode, I was leaning towards picking more upsets. At the start of the year, I said the Raiders were a team that were going to beat a lot of good teams. So even though I picked the Chiefs to win, 
I'm still proud of my Raiders, <laughs> not my Raiders, but you know what I'm saying? I'm still proud that they're, so far the Raiders have beat the Saints and the Chiefs. So I'm just proud of myself in that I was able to, I, I predicted that the Raiders are a team that's going to beat good teams. And that's exactly what they've got done so far. They play good teams tough. And that's why you said the Panthers are kind of like the Raiders. I think the Raiders are a team that uh, overperforms. Whereas the Panthers just beat the Falcons. I wouldn't call that overperforming. And by the way, the Raiders did beat the Panthers in week one. So those are their three wins right there. Uh, They beat the Chiefs, Saints, and Panthers. But do you think this game says more about the Chiefs or about the Raiders? Um, it says something about both, but I think hey, oh, final score is 40 to 32, by the way. I, I think that this game doesn't show that much about the Chiefs. The Chiefs still put up 32 points. I think it shows that their defense is incredibly beatable and people were like, oh, their defense is so good. I don't think their defense is that good. They have the talent, but they were very bad throughout the first 10 weeks. They finally got it to click a bit towards the end of the year. But I mean, even when they got it to click towards the end of the year, it wasn't like they were dominating. They were an average defense, a bit above average. And I think that the Raiders proved that they have huge holes on their defense. And if you exploit them well, then you can do that. And I think that if you if you have a Raiders team that really exploits it well, who's a well-coached team by John Gruden, then, I mean, who knows? They could really be a good team. Yeah, and throughout the game, the announcers were mentioning John Gruden uh, was bringing up before the game – said something like, I love Andy Reid, but I hate the Chiefs. I'm not going to go to Arrowhead and lose again. And not losing is exactly what he did since he pulled away with the win. So there's a lot of credit to him there. Uh, I think this win says a lot about both teams. I think you're kind of undervaluing what it says about the Chiefs because these past two weeks, especially, especially, they've looked exploitable and in two different ways. It's not just like you have to completely overpower them on offense. The Patriots were able to like I, like many people were saying, and like we were saying on this show last week when discussing the Patriots-Chiefs game, if Cam Newton's in that game, that's a very winnable game for the Patriots. The Patriots might have won that game because they had a lot of opportunities that just weren't capitalized on basically all in part or all because of their lack of quarterback play. So what I'm saying is the Patriots-Chiefs games were more of a low-scoring game, and they were still able to be beatable. And then the Raiders beat the Chiefs in the shootout game. So this is showing two different circumstances where the Chiefs are beatable. Of course, they are still the best team in the NFL, I believe, but or at least very close to the best team, I think the best team. But it shows that they're not invincible. They're not winning every game, of course. And teams in the playoffs can look at these two games, the past two games, and see that the Chiefs are beatable. Now, of course, this does prove that, of course, the Chiefs are a great team because in both of the games where they've looked beatable, one of them they've won and another they've made it within eight. It's been a one-score game at the end of the game. But still, the fact that they have been beatable says a lot. And then about the Raiders, of course, that's an incredible, that says so much about them that they were able to beat the Saints and the Chiefs, uh, like you were saying, very well-coached team. Um, I 100% agree. I think that um, – I 100% agree. I, but I've posed you a question, right? Mm-hmm. If you had to say right now, if you had to put money on it, do the Raiders make the playoffs? You know, Isn't I'd it- have to look at the playoff pick- picture right now. I don't have it on hand. Oh, wow. While the Raiders and Panthers... What's the similar, Raiders' record? What's the Raiders' record? They're 3-2. and two. Are they in the playoff picture right now? Um, are they in the playoff picture right now? Yes. I, think I would they say, are. yes, the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. I think I had them in the playoffs because, first of all, Chargers, they don't have much com- competition in their division aside from the Chiefs, who are obviously going to make it. Uh, Broncos are super injured. And Chargers are off to a one in four start, even though they've looked good. We'll get into the Chargers. Um, so they don't have a lot of competition in their division. And the fact that they've already beat two of their hardest teams on the schedule, the Saints and the Chiefs, they have easier days ahead of them. And when they can, if they can win those easy games, they're on a perfect course for success to go, you know, nine and seven plus. So that's why I think that, yes, they will end up making the playoffs. Yeah, I think that the Raiders are a team that could sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. All right. And, and they play teams tough. They're not going to go out easy in the playoffs either. All right. Let's go to the next one. Cardinals-Jets. All right. 
Cardinals beat the Jets by 20. And I mean, I, I don't really know what, how much there is to say here. Cardinals lost Chandler Jones, their best defender. I thought this was interesting. You know, you remember how they took the number eight pick? They took Isaiah Simmons, yeah. linebacker. Mm-hmm. What was so interesting about Isaiah Simmons is in college, he played every position besides yep. defensive tackle. You know what the Cardinals besides what? Besides, I think, defensive tackle. You mean every defensive position? Every defensive position besides wow. defensive tackle. From safety, linebacker, defensive end, everything, wow. quarterback. He's so versatile. And um, the Cardinals have said, we haven't been able to play him because we don't know how to use him. And I think that's an excuse, but I just wanted to say that because right now, since Chandler Jones is out, they could put him at outside linebacker and he could thrive at that position, right? But I don't know if he's ready, right? Yeah. And I think that the Cardinals are a real, um, they're real competition for the wild card spot with the Bears. And honestly, I think that the Cardinals could end up being good, but I mean, we'll see. Um, okay, yeah. I don't think I much think I'm not ready to jump on the Cardinals bandwagon or jump back on the bandwagon since we've been on and off it. Just as they've played so poorly in the past few weeks, getting a win over this atrocious, now undisputably worst team in the NFL, in my opinion. They just have they have literally nothing positive on their team. Literally. Yeah. Um so I'm I mean, not ready to have that much hope. About the Jets, I think the more interesting storyline here is that Adam Gase is not fired, but Le'Veon Bell, probably their most talented player on the team, has left the team. Uh, something interesting to bring up, apparently Adam Gase never wanted to have Le'Veon Bell on the team in the first place. He said he was opposed to spending big money on running backs, which, although I'm not a fan of Adam Gase, I do understand that mindset. So Adam Gase had had feuds with Le'Veon Bell from the outset, which explains why Le'Veon Bell was just cut. If For those of you who don't know, Le'Veon Bell got cut, and now he's signed by the Chiefs which I guess we could have talked about a little bit earlier. But anyway, um, and Ryan Pace, the head coach of the Jets, uh, took a liking to Frank Gore instead. So what I'm saying here, there's a lot of feuds going on in this organization. And if the Jets do not fire Adam Gase quickly, they're going even farther down the toilet. And and let, let's get this straight. Before this year, I think the, the, the four more, most important pieces on this Jets team with the most potential and most important Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell, um, Jamal Adams, Quinn and Williams. Released released Le'Veon Bell, traded Jamal Adams. Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold supposedly on the trade block. Quinn and Williams. No way. How is, what? Not not, not on the trade block, but they're supposed, supposedly the Bears are the number one team like that might trade for Sam Darnold. I think he might, is like supposedly might get traded. And the Bears are supposedly one of those teams. Oh, okay. That is very not believable. Because also, I don't see a team giving more than a second, third rounder for Darnold. Oh, yeah. They're not looking for that much. Because look, they said if they if they're doing this bad and they're going to get the first pick, they're going to they're going to pick Trevor Lawrence. But I don't think the problem is Darnold. I don't think the problem is Darnold. So they're saying they're going to start over, and they're going to pick two. Um, yeah, Trevor. I know. I understand. I understand. They just want to completely. But if they want to upheave everything, step one is Ryan Pace. I think not Ryan Pace. Adam Gates. Adam Gates. They kind of sound like. What I'm saying, I'm not going to manage the Jets. I mean, I am. That's what I'm doing right now. But I think if you're the Jets, if you're the Jets general manager, well, first of all, I think the Jets GM has too much faith in Gase because he would have fired him by now if he didn't have some connection with him. But if I'm the Jets GM, I'm firing Gase, getting some new guy, and letting Darnold play for the rest of the season. Basically a prove-it season. Let it see what he can do. See if it was Gase or Darnold. And if Darnold doesn't play well, I'm drafting a quarterback. If he does, then I'm drafting uh, pieces to go around him. Yeah, but I think that if you get the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence is such a such a intriguing... trade down. But whatever. There are few. There are few number one picks that are that are so much potential. Burrow was one of them. You look Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. John Elway. All these. I know, but if you like your quarterback, there's no reason. Whatever. We. I just. We. They'd have to play it out, basically. I know, but um, I think they Quinn and Williams on the trade block. They're they're trying to trade away everything, and they just look like I'm. They just don't look like a really positive team right now. But we're gonna go over. It. We're just gonna ignore that. We'll talk about that at some point. Yeah. Okay. Eagles, Eagles Steelers. I'll do this one quickly. Steelers have a great defense. Carson Wentz didn't look great. Eagles kept it close at some point, but uh, Steelers almost blew a seventeen nothing lead. But then Steelers prevail. And Chase Claypool, the rookie, had an exceptional day. Four touchdowns, Steelers win 
No, I have a question. Mm-hmm. I I looked at last year's stats because I took Deontay Johnson in fantasy. Yep. Late, and I thought it was a great pick. And I looked mm-hmm. at it and I think that I, I, I'm a big fan of Deontay Johnson still because I think that the wide receiver two position in the Steelers offense is so prevalent that no matter who, who it is, they're going to need it. In this game, I think Deontay Johnson got a back injury at the beginning of the game. They put, mm-hmm. Claypool, he dominated. Mm-hmm. And I think that Deontay Johnson is going to come back and take that wide receiver two spot from Claypool. And he's going to start showing why he was so, why he was so, why he has so much potential. And I'm still a big fan of Deontay Johnson, but we'll see. Wait, what was your question? You said you had a question. My question is, is that do you think that Deontay Johnson will be the number two wide receiver even after Claypool's performance? Oh, yeah, easily. I think so. I think that they were just um, – yeah, I think I saw something he was involved in less snaps than Deontay Johnson. He didn't have as many yards. Claypool's an incredible gadget, and the Steelers are great at just finding these random wide receivers or just yeah. uh, talent evaluators for wide receivers that they can use. Uh, Claypool's amazing, but DeAndre Johnson is still going to be their number two. I saw, I saw something interesting. It said that mm-hmm. this, like, you look at some teams like the Steelers and Packers. Look at the Steelers. They haven't used a first round pick on a wide receiver, and they got you look at a few years ago, Mike Williams and Emmanuel Sanders, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They got they now have Chase Claypool. They got yeah. DeAndre Johnson. All these wide receivers in the late rounds. I think that kind of goes to show that maybe taking wide receivers in the first round isn't that. Isn't that insane? Because the last wide receiver that was taken in the first round that was good was Calvin Ridley. And the last elite wide receiver taken in the first round that I can think of was OBJ. Just well, I think it. Calvin Ridley's coming close to being elite, to be honest. Also, Amari Cooper was taken in the first round. Yeah, Amari Cooper was taken the same. No. I mean, I, I understand if you like a guy's talent, but there's there's a lot of late. It just depends what you think you're good at. But I think, uh, I think that wide receiver is one position that you really... No, I think, I think the fact that the Steelers were able to take uh, get great wide receivers in the late rounds is uh, it's kind of showing how good the Steelers are drafting wide receivers rather than saying that other teams shouldn't take receivers in the first round, if you know what I'm saying. I, find that, I think this is the Steelers. They have an interesting drafting philosophy. Their mm-hmm. philosophy is don't really worry that much about the positions that you need. Draft for what who the best player is available. That Isn't is interesting. interesting. And it, it goes to show that they have so much faith that they'll be able to trade and do and maneuver their players around. Yeah. That... I mean, it's interesting. It's like the right philosophy, but I mean, it makes sense. But then again, if you got you know five great cornerbacks and no wide receivers, are you really going to take the sixth quarterback? I no. know it's a bit extreme, but yeah. Um, like if you look at the, I know it's going back a few years, but if you look at the seventy sixers basketball when they took three big men in their first three picks, I think it was Jaleel Okafor, Norland Noel, and Joel Embiid. That didn't work out, and that because they drafted two bad players. But also because you, it's not really a smart philosophy to do that because, I mean. Yeah. Uh, but that's basketball. That's whatever. Sidetracked. I'm trying yeah. to move along here. Rams versus Washington. I'll brush over this one as well. Rams get the win at 30-10. Rams are still a top team. I don't think they're being talked about enough. Their only losses to the Bills, who's also a great team. And Washington. Dwayne Haskins got bent, which was interesting. And Alex Smith, what a great story. Yeah, coming back from the injury. He's not very good anymore, but that's another. Really and matter. my pick for comeback player of the year, so now it might actually happen. Yeah, but mine was Ben Roethlisberger, and it looks more realistic than yours. I don't know. No one cares about. No one seems to care. Like no one even remembers he was injured. To be honest, I mean, well, I won't say that, but I don't think it's a, as big of a storyline as Alex Smith coming back from injury is. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, agree. I think I, I agree. The Rams are really not being talked about enough. They're a very well coached team with good pieces. And I would say skill wise, they have a great defense. They have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, fine running backs, mm-hmm. fine tight ends, a good quarterback. I mean, and one of the best coaches in the league, like you're one saying. One of the best coaches. I, I I think you can make the debate as a top three coach in the NFL. Yeah, and he also it's incredible how he completely adjusted his scheme. Did yeah. I say this last? podcast i don't remember we change his scheme to kind of like the raven team yeah yeah exactly i think that's very interesting and that is a sign of a great coach that he doesn't just he's not stubborn and i think that's one of nagy's worst qualities i know this is going back a few years but agree this is a sign of a good coach you know why in the super bowl when the patriots beat the rams like i think it was 13 to 3 you know Uh what you know what though what's what they did so well the patriots the patriots used the same philosophy that vic fangio used when they played the rams that same year right Mm-hmm. back at the film saw how the bears dominated and what philosophy they use and what coverages they use how they stopped the run and based on stopping the run they were able to use a specific coverage 
he used that and then they won. I mean, so that kind of shows that who a good coach is. And Sean McVay's adapted from that. Now the the coverage that the Bears used to beat the Rams two two years ago isn't something that's really that prevalent. That big of a their team. All right. On to Dolphins 49ers and wow. And then that this is the one game that might have come close to being the biggest upset of the week instead of uh Raiders over Mm-hmm. I think I said before the year, I'm a 49ers fan enough. I like the 49ers. I like the way they play, but I said this over and over good defenses are very not, they can not often replicate their success. And I get it because Bosa's hurt and mm-hmm. some players are hurt, but I still think that it's very hard to replicate an offense. When's the last time the bears defense has had 40 plus put up on them? Oh yeah. It has not been in these past three years. I'll tell you yeah. That. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying is it's no. I know. To, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not trying to disprove your point. I'm just saying. You know, that's good for the Bears. The fact that, yeah, they have not allowed many points. I mean, I think against the Patriots, 2018, they allowed a good amount of points. I thought it was like 38, but yeah, okay, yeah, I get the point. That's, that's 40. That's I like know. off. Whatever. <laughs> not the point. The point is, is that defenses and run games, even though that's literally the Bears' history, and we it talked 38. About, I was right. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. The Bears. The Bears are such an iconic franchise because. Going back to 1920 and going now, they're they have the same not I guess not now, but like 10 years ago, they have the same philosophy that they did 90 years before that. Good defense, hard nosed defense, good middle linebackers run the ball, and the Bears do have good defense, great linebackers. They just don't run the ball that much. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you look at it, the Bears have always succeeded off of good defenses, and I mean that hasn't it works for them. But I mean, it's not something that's like year in and year out amazing if you have a great 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 quarterback then 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 that's what that's what will keep you from being that's what will make you consistent rather than a good run game in defense which is kind of annoying because quarterback is one player but all right i think that this 49ers versus dolphins game is very interesting because like they benched jimmy g right i think that that's so interesting I mean, why? Wow. Jimmy G. I did not know that. I should have known that. Yes, they did bench Jimmy G for Nick. No, for um, what's his name? Oh, not Nick Mullins. Um, CJ Beathard. CJ Beathard. They benched him for CJ Beathard, right? He was having a bad game, and I think that's a real statement. And I want to see what they're going to do this week. They're paying Jimmy G a lot of money to sit. Yeah, on the and bench. he seemed to be the ideal quarterback for that offense, but then ideal. But I don't know what it is about their team, but it's just not working. I think that their defense has huge holes. And the Dolphins, out of all teams, just dominated them. And I think that there are a few games here and there. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to try to compare the 49ers to the 2018 Bears, but I think that the 2018 Bears and this And you're about to compare them to the, the – I am about to compare them because they're different teams. Okay. But you have such dominant defenses. I think there's one game where everything collapses, and then you really see that their team is just not that great. And I think that this year, this that 49ers game is similar to the Bears Saints game a few years, um, um, 2019. 2019. Yeah, that was that was a true collapse because I still had some hope before that game, and then it all went to well, whatever. I mean, we won't get into that. But um, the Raiders on a on a stupid in a stupid way, like I mean, there's still hope. But all right, we're going on to the next game. Wait, well, just one thing I'd like to say. I don't think we gave enough credit to the Dolphins here. And also, first of all, remember how close I was to ping the Dolphins to win. I was very close. I was like, oh, they're injured. Is Jimmy G going to play? Which is funny because Jimmy G ended up getting a bench. So, like, the fact that Jimmy G played might have been a contributor in why they lost. But, um, yeah, I was very close. But then I was, like, I was re-listening it to, to it, and I laughed because I was like, could you really see the Dolphins winning? And then I was like, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. Which is funny because the Dolphins did just that, and they won huge. So, so go, go with your gut when we predict No, it. I don't like that because my gut was, like, I'll go with what's logical sometimes. That's what normally does better. I know how to pick horn. Don't try to give me advice, mister. Uh, I've, I've been destroying you. No, I'm just playing around. Anyway, Cowboys-Giants, tragic, tragic for the Cowboys. Uh, Dak Prescott had that devastating injury. I'm sure most people have seen it by now or at least heard about it. Fortunately, the Cowboys have what I'd call the best backup quarterback in the NFL, second to maybe Mitchell Trubisky. Hashtag Trubisky is better. And I think I was, yeah, I was looking at the video of Dak injuries uh, and a lot of Bengals fans, they seem to have a lot of respect for Andy Dalton. They were commenting on the video saying that 
Andy Dalton's a good quarterback and he just, he looked a lot worse by the Bengals terrible offensive line. So I don't think, I don't expect the Cowboys to be as great as their expectations were at the start of the season. But to be honest, my expectations were already lowered for them. And I think that this experienced quarterback might be able to pull something together, especially in this God awful division, the Cowboys as can still make the playoffs. And then you get Dak back maybe even next year. So it's devastating, of course, to see something like that happen, but um I, I wish all the best to Dak Prescott. He's had such a sad year and he was on pace to just something about getting 500 yards. That was incredible. So it's, it's really sad to see Dak Prescott, to see him go down like this. But again, uh, just wishing the best for him. And at least the Cowboys could get the win here on a game winning field goal, 37 to 34 giants are just not a good team. That's all I can say. Yeah. And um, you have to say the Giants aren't a good team, but going to Dak, I feel bad for him. But I mean, for him, it's not even about the money. It's about his his pride and his glory about the player he is. And I think it's really bad, right? I think that it's really unfortunate that something like this happened to him. And um, I mean. Yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. Because again, like I said, they have a bad division, so I expect that the Cowboys. I feel, like- I feel, I feel bad posing this question, mm-hmm. but Prescott probably won't resign with the Cowboys, right? You think? I don't think he will. He's going to ask for too much money. The Cowboys won't be willing to give. I it think him. he might. He seems like he's loyal, and I, the, the saddest part about this whole thing was that you know he was crying when he was carted off, and to me, it seemed like he wasn't crying out of pain, but it was more. Was that, pain. It was that he was on the pace to prove so much. He probably would have gotten a large extension and thing he was setting. And then it all just came down and collapsed. It's so just I know so it's awful to see that optimistic, but if the bears could end up signing Prescott, I mean, no, nah, I don't want to talk about that. I don't think after all of that, let's say folds or something. Well, then no, I'm not, I'm not talking about Prescott. Okay. Well, 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 we won't talk we'll about that. Bridge we'll, when he comes we'll wait a long time. All right. Brown's Colts. The Browns are for real. Let's just get yeah, this Yeah, I think we were sleeping on the Browns. I think both of us were tentative. We were thinking, I think for two reasons. We both picked the Colts to win this game. And I think that was for two reasons. One is that we were underestimating the Browns and we were as, as after this game. And two, we were overestimating the Colts and specifically the Colts. They're actually both their Colts defense and the Colts offense. Uh, neither of them played well this game, in my opinion. And I think that score looks even closer than it was because the Colts got a kick return touchdown. This final score was 23 to 32 Browns. But if you're taking away that touchdown, it's a quick math here, 16 to 32. So the Browns doubled their score one by two scores. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I really just want to say that I found it interesting. And we were, I was watching this thing and I was watching, I was watching TV it was ESPN, pardon my take, and they were talking about the Browns. And they said that what's so good about the Browns this year is that the Browns always have drama around them, right? Baker Mayfield, OBJ, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. And it feels like this team just wants to win. Like yeah, that's, that's fair. Kevin Stefanski coaches this team to win football. Yeah, they and seem that- like they're having fun. Baker, I will say, I'm not I'm not a super big fan of Baker, but he still looks like he's out there having fun. They they all do. So and I thought I saw this was I thought this was interesting and also kind of scary. It was saying that Baker Mayfield was actually having a pretty bad season so far. And what they were saying is Baker Mayfield usually gets better towards the end of the year. So think about how scary this Browns team could be if Baker Mayfield gets better. Yeah, and also Miles Garrett if he comes back, be scary. They've got a lot, a lot of potential. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they do have a lot of potential, but I mean, again. We will see. They're a young team, and I could see them collapsing as well. Yeah. All right, on to Seahawks-Vikings, your favorite team, the Vikings. <laughs> Barely lost. You know, I picked. I actually picked the Seahawks to win this one. So uh-huh. No. I said, I, I said, here's another one of my good calls, because, you know, I love tooting my own horn, but I said I'm not going to pick Kirk on Sunday night, which, you know, isn't that crazy, but then – a Kirk fumbles at what ended the game. Kirk Cousins had a chance to come back at the very end of the game since the final score was the score was 27 to 26. He could have led them downfield, but then Kirk Cousins fumbled. So it was a bad call. Yeah, I agree it's a bad call, but it's still it's such a poetic ending. You know, it's Kirk on Sunday night, the terrible reputation in clutch games. I mean, Monday night, 
is even worse. worse for him. But still, just in clutch situations, that's the meme. And then he's also he, he's known for fumbling. It just it's just very poetic, <laughs> a poetic ending, if I must say. Seahawks, they always find a way to keep it close, whether it's a good team or a bad team. Uh, Russell Wilson just loves to be clutch. Maybe he told the defense to play a little easy just so he could come in there on the clutch and deliver on fourth down in a rainy day. Great game to watch and another great game that we'll get to after this. So I ask you a question. Mm -hmm. You are Mike Zimmer. I am Mike Zimmer. Fourth and one, Alexander Madison. You've run the ball well against the Seahawks all game. Do you run the ball? Now, I'm going to tell you what I think before you say this. I've seen the people that say, terrible call, should have kicked it, go into overtime at worst, whatever. I've seen people say, I would have went for it. If you Wait, want to were, they down, were they up five at that point? They were up. I think they were up. Um, Wait, they, let's do the math here. So they, they failed the extra point, they, so then they got – they got six. The Seahawks got six points on that. So then it was, yeah, they were up five. They were, they were up five. five. They were up five. Mm-hmm. All right. If you want to hear my honest opinion, yep. no doubt about it, go for it. No doubt about it. You have one yard against a bad run defense. Mm-hmm. 75% of the time, you're going to make it, I think. 75% of the time. You have a running back in Alexander Madison who isn't Tariq Cohen. I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying he's like Mike Tolbert. He's like this big guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's, he's, I would say, he's, like, in between, like, a elusive back, whatever. Wait, if, if, they had, if they had converted it, it would have sealed the game. Game over. Yeah. I, I you know, it would be more interesting if I disagreed with you on this. But I was just thinking about it. It also depends on the quarterback you're playing. If you're playing someone who isn't Russell Wilson, if you're not playing a Russell Wilson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, I would say, but he had a terrible – uh, he had a terrible ending drive against the Bears. But if you're not playing against one of those quarterbacks, I'd take the field goal and challenge them to get the point and the two-point conversion. But when it's a guy as good as Russell Wilson, I think putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands, arguably the most clutch quarterback in the NFL right now, that's guaranteeing points. In my opinion, there is just such a low chance, no matter how good, especially the Vikings defense isn't bad. I think there's a low chance that Russell Wilson doesn't score and then, gets a touchdown and then, you know, it's a lot that has to happen even if even when you kick the field goal because I think that it's very likely that a touchdown happens. So basically I agree with you on that one. Seal the game. The Seahawks defense is a lot worse than the Seahawks offense. And if you keep that offense off the field and seal the deal, then that's a win. And this kind of goes in, this is kind of similar to what I was saying. I thought that a really bad call was in overtime. I think it was fourth and one. Um, Chargers at the ball at midfield playing the Chiefs. I understand you don't want to give Mahomes good field position, but he's going to march up the field no matter what. They punted on fourth and one, and then Mahomes marched up the field and kicked a field goal to win in overtime. And we'll get into another Chargers overtime game just after I'm done rambling here. But um, my point in that is that if they had ran the ball on fourth and one, they could have kept their drive alive. And you never want to give, if you're giving the ball to Patrick Mahomes to march up the field, that's sacrificing yourself. And it was, of course, it was a little, that call against, when it was Chargers Chiefs was a little worse because the field goal would have been game winning. Whereas a touchdown and two point conversion uh, for the Seahawks would have gone to overtime. But um, anyway, I think that Seahawks game was, I think that, that it makes sense to run it on fourth and one. Yeah. All right. On to the next game, Saints Chargers. I'm going to tell you one stat. I think this is correct. Um, I know this will make you upset, even though it means nothing. Tyrod Taylor's one to zero, and I think Justin Herbert's zero and four. No, I know that. I was actually about to tell you that. It's so remarkable because everyone's talked about the great performance of Justin Herbert, and looking at him, he's played pretty well. But he hasn't got a win. Of course, he has played um, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Patrick Mahomes. So I think that that plays into it a lot. But so he played three great teams to be uh, to be fair on him. But yeah, he hasn't been able to get a win, uh, which is something very interesting. And I think that they've also played it. You know, on the positive side, they've played it close against these good teams. And I think that this just goes to show you that um, schedule really does matter in terms of um, in terms of giving a team momentum because they're playing their some of their hardest teams at the start of the year. And but now you're starting off one in four. That's it's very hard to build momentum and go on a run. Whereas if they played some of their easier teams at the start and then just had these games dispersed throughout. So, yeah, 
Uh, Saints come out with the win here, 30 to 27. They still don't look full strength and they allow the Chargers to come back. And uh, Mike Badgley with the doink of the century, except no, really uh, Cody Parkey was a doink of the century. But if you don't have anything else to add, I'll move on to the final and only. I was going to say one thing. Mm-hmm. I think that this game shows that the Chargers are more for real than people talk about. And that the Saints Yeah, are- but they, they've got to get some wins, even if they're playing teams close. And the Chargers have notoriously done this in the past few seasons. Even if they're playing teams close, if they don't get a win on the board soon, their season is slowly slipping away. Because it's not only about your record. It's not only about your three games behind, but it's about building up momentum, like I said. Agreed, but I, I'm not saying that the Chargers are going to make the playoffs. What I'm saying is they're a better team than I think their record shows, and the Saints are a worse team than their record shows, and their record is wow, worst team. I mean, but they've also got Mike Thomas coming back, and the fact that they've you know they, I, I know they, they played close yep. games, but the fact that they've been able to get a win, I don't know you, if they're going to fall in the playoffs, but we'll see. You know what? I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Whoa! So you're saying okay? To be honest, I could see the Bucks definitely going on a roll. Bucks winning division. Bears make one playoff spot. Rams make the other. The third won't be the Saints. The Saints are three and two right now. Yeah, I think that the Saints have wait, won. No, there's three. There's wait. Is the playoffs extended this year? Yeah, but it's seven teams. So there's three wild card teams. Yeah, so I think Bears, Rams, and one other. But you and don't I, think the one other will be the Saints? No. Who, who's another team? Give me another team. Cardinals. I think the Saints will make it over the Cardinals. I think the Saints will make the playoffs. It's, it's still one of the most experienced quarterbacks when they get Mike Thomas back. I'm telling you, I'm a tenor. Best duos. I, I, I think the Saints are a good team. I'm not saying that they're not going to. Let's get this straight. I'm not saying they're not going to, but I'm saying is I would not be surprised if they barely make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs. And I would predict that they make the seven or six seed at best. Okay, that's interesting that you've still got the Bucks winning the division. But I do see that the Bucs can have everything click later in the season and go on a roll. Finally, like I was about to say uh, a little bit ago, in only the second Tuesday night football game in NFL history due to COVID rescheduling, of course, the Titans demolish the Bills 42-16 to in possibly my best. No, honestly, my best call of this year was um, Raiders over Saints. That was incredible. Yeah, you're never still get a good call by me here. I picked the Titans to win this game. I didn't think it would be this big, of course. I was calling it an upset myself. I understood that. But still, Titans proved that they're a good team, and you were kind of downplaying the Titans. I'm interested to see what you think of them after this game and what you think of the Bills after this game because Josh Allen, I saw something. He, um, of all NFL quarterbacks, he has thrown for under – he has thrown at an under 50% – completion percentage most and he's only been in the nfl like three four years so that's very intriguing right um so so this shows the bills defense or the bills and like i said in the thing i said last week the titans defense might find a way to beat to stop this uh bills to stop the bills attack and that's exactly what they did uh titans just destroy and i think the titans offense is being slept on yeah, and I will say one thing. Ryan Tannehill is playing amazing football. I know. I'm waiting for the NFL to finally respect Ryan Tannehill. Of course, he, you know, Derrick Henry is a centerpiece of that offense, no doubt. I'm not trying to say that. But he has skill on his own. He has incredible skill on his own. And I think that he's an above-average quarterback in the NFL. He actually provides a lot of value with his legs, which people don't realize. He had a rushing touchdown in this game. Uh, and he's a great deep threat. They And they have deep. Not he he's a good deep passer and he gets the ball where it needs to go. The problem with Ryan Tannehill is there are a few categories, and Ryan Tannehill is kind of in a category of his own. I think he's kind of in between like the the Dak Prescotts and the Matthew Staffords. Well, I and have no idea what that means. I'm just saying, like, if I were to categorize quarterbacks, I think that there's a category for the elite quarterbacks. There's like Dak Prescotts who are elite quarterbacks, but just uh, the step below elite quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And then there's Ryan Tannehill. And then there's good quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan. Oh, okay. Good quarterback. I, think, I think Ryan Tannehill's with, with Stafford and Ryan. I don't think he's, you know, I was just hyping him up, but I don't think he's that much better than those Look guys. Look at his stats. He's winning games. Well, his yeah, I know. I know. Good. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, yeah. Okay. And also Ryan Tannehill was playing with Gase for all those years in the Dolphins. So that's another 
you know, there, there's been a funny history of guys who go away from being um, with Adam Gase and then have some of their best seasons after that. Okay, wow, we've been talking a while, but it's time to talk some more. Moving on to our picks for week six. Oren, you can start off with Texans-Titans. I was honestly thinking about the Texans, but I'm going to go Titans for one reason, one reason only. The Texans' biggest weakness, in my opinion, at the current moment is run defense. And when you play Derrick Henry, I'm not sure that that's something that you should really be. This is the worst matchup for the the Texans. And even though the Texans, I think, need some wins here and there, and I think the Titans are really riding momentum and they could come into this game and they could really think, wow, we're just playing a one and four team. We, we might not do that well. And Deshaun Watson could come in. I just cannot see, cannot see Derek Henry, not just demolishing this, this run defense and Ryan Tannehill just has to have a subpar game to, for the Titans to win. I think he'll be better than subpar. Yeah. I can't see what you're saying for picking the Texans to upset this week, but the ups, uh, the matchup is just not there for the Texans. I'm going to roll with the Titans since they are four and Oh, right now um the texans just the most unfortunate schedule in the nfl who have they played they've played like all the teams they've played made the playoffs last year like i know the the vikings are the same team as they were last year except for the jaguars but still okay yeah four of the five teams that they've played and now it's going to be five of the six teams that they played in the first uh six weeks have made the playoffs last year which is three it's gonna be four or five because they had to buy but still Okay, okay, you know, yeah, you're right. But still, they played Ravens, Chiefs. Um, Phillies didn't make the playoffs with it. Okay. Oh, they, okay, okay, I've been wrong. Whatever. The point is, they played good teams, and they're yes, going to keep playing they, good teams, and that's very rough on them, but I'm still picking the Titans to win it here. Moving on to Ravens-Eagles, i got to go with the Ravens. Eagles look bad even when they win, and the Ravens are the Ravens. Uh, yeah, get it done. I think what's interesting about the Ravens is that the Ravens are a great team. Like, if you were to choose a few teams that you want to put in when you're leading by a few, it's the Ravens. They run the ball, run out the clock. Mm-hmm. The Ravens oh, are. I don't you know. Wanna... Why. I just had a spark that like maybe I should pick the Eagles, but no, the Eagles just look too bad. I can't pick them. I'm picking the Ravens. Yeah, I think that I, I have the Ravens. I mean, I could, I, I can see anything. I, I'm not going to say I can see anything. We're going to pick Falcons Vikings, but I doubt this game will happen. Just pick it. Just pick it. And, no, yeah. I, I know we're going to pick it. I'm taking the Vikings. Vikings barely lost to the Seahawks. They're in dire need of a win, and they'll, they'll win. Oren, Oren learned his lesson after picking the Falcons last week. Yeah, the Falcons are on a good team. The Falcons are way too talented to be 0-6. 100%. That's said, I'm picking the Vikings. Um, because just, I think the Vikings can get it. I mean, okay, is, is uh, Dalvin Cook supposed to be back? Um, I think they might rest him. Okay, because they're playing the Falcons. But, yeah. I mean, resting a guy when you're when you're doing this badly, I don't know how I feel about that. But I know that you're coming before bye week. Vikings bye week is week seven. But anyway, I'm going to pick the Vikings as well. Like I just said, Falcons are way too good of a team uh, than their record shows. But they can't get it done, and I still trust the Vikings management a lot more than I do with the Falcons here. I think they'll be, they'll be able to get it done. All right, on to Brown Steelers. I think I'm going to pick the Steelers for one reason, one reason only. Mm-hmm. Why are the Bears? The Bears always play well against the Vikings. You want to know why I think they do well? Why? I think that the Browns and Vikings are very similar teams, skill-wise. Like the Vikings of this of last year and the Browns of this year. Mm-hmm. Very similar skill-wise. Good defenses, below-average quarterbacks, good running backs, good wide receivers, solid tight ends. I guess the Browns have a good offensive line, but they even have the same scheme. The Bears beat the Vikings because once you can stop the run, you make Baker Mayfield or Kirk Cousins win the game. I think the Steelers, with one of the best run defenses in the NFL, will be able to slow down Kareem Hunt, and then the game is up to Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield alone. And I think that Baker Mayfield will not be able to beat the Steelers team, and I think the Steelers offense will be able to put up enough points to slightly beat them. Also, I think that it's a bit of an advantage that they play in in Pittsburgh, but I don't think that's that big of a deal. Man, I hate to pick against the Browns again. I mean, I feel like I'm hating on them too much. I can understand if you're a Browns fan, you're thinking I'm hating on them too much. I don't know if I've I've barely picked them to win this year because I do respect the Browns, but like you were saying about the, how the Steelers' defense max, matches up with his Browns team, although I was saying the Browns are legit, I've just still got this nagging feeling. You know, they are the Browns. They have shown a lot of inconsistency with their offense 
the best team they've played in the Ravens and the easily the best defense that they've played in the Ravens. They put up six points. I don't know if that was week one, but now they're coming up against an equally good or just close to as good uh, defense with the Steelers here. So they match up very well. Steelers get their fifth win of the season. All right. On to Colts Bengals. I have the Colts winning this game. I mean, Joe Burrow just came off of a terrible game. I know he's playing uh, a great defense as well. I mean, I'm just picking the Colts. I want to pick the Bengals here. I really want to pick the Bengals here because, you know, you're saying Burrow came off a terrible game, but Colts came off just as bad of a game considering how much better the Ravens are than the Bengals. So neither of them look good. Colts defense is good, though, and I guess that that's a deciding factor here. Uh, and I, I guess the Colts just match up well. I'd like to, you know, pick something different than you because we've been all the same so far, but I'll just let it play out naturally. I'm going to pick the Colts. All right, on to the Jaguars-Lions. Give me the Lions. I think that the Lions need a win here, and they'll get it. They have had the whole bye to, to look at this Jaguars team. This Jaguar team has clear holes, and if, you can be, if you're able to evaluate this Jaguars team and find their holes, you can really take advantage of it. I'd like to see a statistic on if bye weeks actually help in terms of teams winning when they come out of the bye week. I, I, think that that I don't know how much. Um, I understand what you were saying. And I was actually kind of frantically looking up stuff about the Lions and Jaguars just the past few weeks to gain some information. You know, I was thinking maybe the Jaguars could pull off an upset. They looked hot at the start of the year, but I think that was more of a flash in, a pan, in the pan. Uh, the Texans just beat them by a lot and they're not super great. And I think that this is a game that the Lions can pull off, although you really never know with the Lions. So I've got yeah. the Lions over the Jaguars. All right, you do the next one. I'm going to go see one. All right, sounds good. Washington versus Giants. Actually, a very interesting game. I am going to pick the Giants to get their first win of the season. I think that, honestly, the Giants have played most of the teams that they've played tough. They managed to put up 34 points against the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys are a bad defense, but still it's not like their offense is totally terrible. Um, Giants Rams, like they've kept it within one possession actually in, was it every game they've played? No, because they got destroyed 36 to nine, but they managed to keep it within one possession in a lot of the games that they've played. Uh, And now the Giants are playing this very bad Washington team. Okay, I could see Alex Smith, the veteran guy, coming out with the win. But I'm going to pick the Giants to get their first win here against a pretty easy team. And this Washington team is just totally wrecked right now. Um. All right. I hate to do it, but I'm picking the Giants as well. This Ooh. isn't... This isn't... I, I hate to do it because we're, we're just so... There's nothing I can yell at you about, you know? I know. Um, the Giants are a better... They're, they're a good 0-5 team. They're playing the Washington football team. Right, good zero and five team. Okay, who's who's better, Falcons or Giants? They play each other. They played each other, really? No, if they play each other, who's better? If they play each other. The Falcons will win, but I think that the Giants are an underratedly okay zero and five team. <laughs> yeah, they're they're no, they're like tiers ahead of the Jets. Yes, exactly. And the Washington football team are in exactly one and 14. And I can see the Giants stealing their first win because they just need to win one. Yeah. And we'll see. Okay. Broncos Patriots. We both covered this game last week since it got rescheduled. Uh, I'm going to pick, wait, are they going to get Cam back? Cam and Stefan Gilman. So. Okay. Yeah. So then now it's an easy pick. Last time we were saying, you know, it might be close, a little bit nitty gritty just because the Patriots have a bad quarterback. Now Broncos are still, and wait, is Drew Locke coming back though? I think Drew Locke is going to be back. Ooh. Oh, that's in, that makes it a bit more interesting. But if there's one guy I trust to, you know, study his opposing team off the bye week, that would be Bill Belichick. Um, pay, I'm just going to give Patriots the nod and the win in this game. Sorry, give me one second. Drew Locke is healthy, according to fantasy football. Look at, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Okay. But I don't, I don't care. I'm taking Patriots. Patriots. Oh, <laughs> the deception. Patriots do so well against young quarterbacks. It's oh, yeah. That's also a big thing. They're, like, insanely yeah. good. All right. Jets, Dolphins. I'm going to pick the Dolphins, but I know you wanted me to pick the Jets. Of course I want you to pick the Jets. I'm still going to clown you for picking the Jets over the Broncos. It wasn't the worst pick in the world. Pick. But 
It wasn't a crazy pick. I just said I wasn't the worst pick in the world, but it just you you failed to recognize how bad the Jets were when I when I recognized them. Uh, yeah, I got to pick the Dolphins. Even if Fitzmagic kind of sizzles out here, there's just no hope on the Jets team. And it's not even an exaggeration. There's just no one that can like provide it. Like, let's say Fitzmagic does nothing. There's no, the Jets just can't do anything. They're incompetent. Got to pick the Dolphins here who get their second straight win. Interesting. All right. I want you to go and do this one first. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. I was looking through these games like these are not very interesting games. And now I'm looking at the last four and those are some sweet games. Oh, this will be exciting. Wow. Um, Okay. Packers Buccaneers is what I'm looking at here. And that really makes me say, oh, dang, I'm just going to talk my way through this one. I want to hear what you have to say also. But um, Packers are rolling right now. I understand why you picked the Packers. They've basically shown very little weakness. Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. They're going to get Devontae Adams back. Buccaneers, on the other hand, just coming off of a loss to the Bears in which they put up very little points, and they failed to click, and I'm not sure, but they're still pretty injury-prone. So I'm leaning towards giving the nod to the Packers. I want to hear what you have to say here first because maybe I'll change it based on on what you have to say, either for better or for worse. I think I'm going to give this one to the Packers just because there's nothing I've seen from them that shows me that they're beatable at this point. Uh, the Buccaneers do have a good defense, though. They do. They have a very underrated defense. Very interesting. Very interesting. So I want to hear what you have to say. But I'm leaning towards the Packers. You know, if people want to make excuses about the Bears-Buccaneers game, I think this is a stupid excuse. But the Buccaneers had a lot of offensive players injured, right? Yep. You know the only two players that didn't practice today? Who? Khalil Davis, defensive lineman, 94. I don't think he's that big. And Jordan Whitehead, 33, safety, who had a knee and was limited the day before. Who had a knee. Who had a knee injury. And Khalil Davis was limited the day before. All, everyone else is most likely going to play. They're getting back Chris Godwin. They're going to get back Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, all these players. I'm going to be bold and take the Buccaneers. I Look feel at like, you. I feel like I feel like this is just me not liking the Packers. Packers are a great team, but I, I, I don't know if I can find the stat, but I feel like there's a hundred percent of stat that's like Tom Brady is like one hundred and like twenty after, after losing- rebounding. Yeah, for some reason it's like also sometimes when I'm thinking like, oh, this guy just lost, if anything, it's an incentive, like, oh, he's not going to lose two in a row. That means he's guaranteed to win. Whereas a guy that's been winning a lot, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe he'll drop his first game here. Does that make sense? So I definitely understand the thought process in picking the Buccaneers. But to spin what you said against you, the Buccaneers have been so injury depleted this entire year that I'm not sure. I'm waiting. There's definitely going to be one week where the Buccaneers are going to click. And I've said that from... You know, I've said that earlier in this episode, but I'm not sure if it'll be this week. If they get the win here, I expect that they'll have to click. I expect that they'll have to have a very great offensive fight if they're going to get the win. And this will be, uh, you know, going back and forth, even though the Buccaneers defense is good. Um, I don't think that they're ready to click yet just because Tom Brady has not been able to play with this full roster yet. So it'll take time to get adjusted. And it is week uh, we can say it, it, it will be week six, but still they're going to need more time to get adjusted, especially since you're saying, you know, not accounting for preseason, it's kind of week two in that sense. Basically, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers here. I definitely see, I, I definitely see what you're coming from with the Buccaneers. It's the cooler pick, to be honest, being a Bears fan and being bold. I haven't been very bold on my picks. Benjamin, um, we had the same picks besides one pick. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that's why it's cool that you're being bold right here. Um, wait, is this the one pick we haven't been the same on? Yes, one pick. That's lame, right. but whatever. I think I think there might be some changes moving on. Um, and then, basically, right now the Packers are looking great, and I'm not sure if the Bucks will be able to click yet. You know, may, maybe this will be a game where the Packers collapse, who knows? But again, they're getting Devontae Adams back. Give give me a win for the Packers. Don't give me, actually. I don't want that win for the Packers. I'd prefer if they lost, obviously, as a Bears fan. That would be yes. great. But 
You know what I'm saying. All right, you go first. I want to see one small thing. Rams versus 49ers. Uh, man, this would be an excellent game. I mean, it looks good on – I mean, it actually doesn't look very good on paper. I think that the 49ers could play the Rams tough. I trust Kyle Shanahan as a coach. But, again, I also love Sean McVay as a coach, and they're just looking like the better unit right now considering all the injuries that the 49ers have had. They, had, they haven't had a lot of time together. It looks like they might even have a little bit of Super Bowl hangover. Who knows? So I will pick the Rams to win this one. All right. I will say one thing. I think I was, I was when we look at the schedule, you can scroll down and see news. Wait, and the and the Rams, the 49ers have had two Sunday night football in three weeks. Yeah. These they're super they're, okay. When you go down, a reporter from San Francisco who writes for the Mercury News said 49ers next three games will determine if they're a playoff caliber team. My answer for that question is they are not a playoff caliber. They they're not going to make the playoffs. Give me the Rams. Okay, and what are you saying about that? I'm saying that the 49ers, this, the next three games... Do you agree with what that guy's saying, or are you just saying it to bring it up? No, no, I agree that I agree that the next three games will prove they're a playoff team or not. I think that last game proved a lot more, and I think that 49ers fans really want to hope that they can bounce back. And I'm, of course they can, but I just don't see them having that skill on their team currently without Bosa. They trade away DeForest Buckner without I think Eric Armstead is hurt without all these pieces with Garoppolo playing terrible I just can't see them being that successful and I just give the Rams who are rolling yeah the 49ers are looking pretty depleted right now like you were saying the Rams are rolling it's not that out of the picture that the 49ers don't make the playoffs the NFC West is a great division there are a lot of other contenders and it's funny we weren't even we didn't even bring up the 49ers when we were talking about Saints potentially not making the playoffs as a team that could take that spot yeah. Yeah, it's not that out of the question for the 49ers not to make the playoffs this year, especially how good, considering how good the Seahawks are playing. All right. So, yeah, give me the Rams. Bills, Chiefs, one of these teams will be 4-2, and two, one of them will be 5-1. and one. Big implications for the playoffs. People will look back at this game, I think, and will say this is a game that affects the 1-2-3 and three seed. Honestly, I don't know if I agree with that. Really? Because I think that in the at the end of the day, well, give me your pick first. I think... I hope I know. Whatever. Give me your pick. And then I'm I'll say mine. Yeah. I, I, you're going to take the Chiefs as well. I got to go with the Chiefs as well. I think that the Bills will look a lot better than they did in the last game. But still, the Chiefs are – they're not dropping too straight. They're they are insane. And now they've got Le'Veon Bell. I don't think he'll have a big role. But still, um, what I was saying, I think that the Chiefs will pull out with the victory anyway. It's not like – there was that game 49ers-Seahawks in like week 15 or very late season last year. That had incredible implications because you think of the 49ers as being the more dominant team. The Seahawks would have got the one seed, seed or the one seed last year, which is insane. I know two, two Packers would have been one because yeah, the, which is also um, part of the reason why I think that it's ridiculous that I don't think that this is getting sidetracked a bit, but I don't think that any team that wins the NFC East should have home field advantage. I think they should change that. It doesn't make sense that. You know, I if you win your division, you should. I think it should be guaranteed make the playoffs. That's fine, but I don't know about having a higher seed. Yeah, and I definitely don't know. At least if you're not going to have a higher seed, you shouldn't. Maybe higher higher record gets home field advantage is an interesting change that I think would be interesting to implement. At least in the first round, that would apply. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, oh, anyway, wow. right. so going back How to would, Chiefs no. versus Bills, my point in that is that the Chiefs are going to come up. I think at the end of the day, even if this game doesn't happen, the Chiefs are going to win more games than the Bills are. The Chiefs could likely only lose maybe two more games the rest of the season. I think the Bills will drop a few more. Just because the Chiefs are more experienced like this, this is the Bills' first year with success. Bills are a great team, but not on the same level as the Chiefs, in my opinion. So I don't know if it's that much of a deciding factor. I think the Chiefs are still on a higher level than the Bills. So that's why I think Chiefs get the win here, and that's that. All right, on to the next game and the last game, Monday night. And this one's a real Monday night because Chiefs-Bills is 4 o'clock p.m. Yep, Cowboys-Cardinals. I want to hear your pick. Cowboys-Cardinals. Well, you can't keep asking. You you tell me your pick first for this one because I've been giving the picks. What? Me, the Cowboys. You know what? Prescott's a good quarterback, but I truly think that – that Andy Dalton is going to bring a spark and some experience to this team that they need. And I think that they're going to come out with a win in this one. 
Lauren, I really wish I had picked first because I also want to pick the Cowboys and now I look all lame. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. you expected me to pick the Cardinals and I this would be a good upset or good win for me to pick for the Cardinals um, normally, but I have, when Cardinals have played good teams or just any teams, they haven't emerged on top. Andy Dalton's is a talented quarterback and he's talented. He's surrounded by a lot of talent on that roster. And I think just the offensive potential of the Cowboys, no matter who's at the helm, or at least when there's a competent guy at the helm, they have so much offensive potential. I think they can exploit this still pretty bad Arizona Cardinals defense. Cowboys get the win. Do you think that the, who do you think's projected to win or like who in the line? It's probably Cardinals. Uh, And it's probably around even because three points goes to the home team. I think that the Cardinals would be, um, have the odds by like three points. It's interesting. Okay. 